0: Hey, everybody. Dave Lindbergh in Hong Kong with another episode of THD Podcast. And uh, it seems like the theme at this time of year is test and measurement. So we're going to be talking with uh, Echo Test and Measurement out of California. They do a lot of production line testing equipment for some big volume customers. So we're very interested to find out about that. And thankfully, they are an Alti member. So uh, please, everybody, check out our sponsor, the Alti Association, a great tool for industry networking and getting to know who's who in the scene. So let's uh, get into it here. We have Simon, as always, in Japan. Good morning, Simon. Good Dave. Evening others. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Matt's joining us in the afternoon, CTO of Echo Test and Measurement uh, from, somewhere, I think, Northern California. How are you doing today, Matt? Santa Barbara. Okay. Central. Yeah. All right. Um, things are good?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, glad to be here.
0: Okay. So yeah, Echo Test and Measurement. Uh, how long you guys been around? And uh, tell us what you do.
1: Uh, there's been various incarnations of the company um, over the years. Uh, I think Echo was founded as Street Electronics in 1978. Oh, wow. the company founder. So um, that us a good 45 years ago. I mean, I've, I've been here for a while, but I haven't been here that long. Um, I think back in the day it was, uh, I think it was a medical device company. I think that was, it's, it's, it's been reinvented and it's cycled. We have this joke that it's a 45 year old startup where we kind of keep resetting and doing new things. Um, how far back do you want to go? You want to talk about the Apple II? (laughs) I think, I think the company's first big success was when I was in junior high Uh and they, and uh, the company founder Milo Street, he built a, uh. I think it was a serial printer interface called the Grappler. That was a kind of a big deal back in the day. And then they built um, what was one of the first computer sound cards ever. It was a speech synthesis card for the, for the Apple II that could talk. And it was great for schools. That was novel in, you know, 1982. That was a big deal that the computer could talk to you. And, uh, yeah, so that's um, – and since then, I think we've worked on just about everything from uh, audio over Ethernet to Firewire. We uh, worked with Gibson Guitar for a while on their self-tuning guitars. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Nobody wanted self-tuning guitars, it turned out, but they were. that was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, now we're in this test and measurement field. So, yeah, the company's kind of kept looping around and reinventing and recycling, and we take what we've built on and what we've learned and go again.
0: All right. Well, let's uh, maybe talk about uh, the current, and maybe we'll get into a presentation to walk people through what you guys do.
2: Yeah, so uh, starting in around 2015, 2014, 2015, We started shipping a lot of our audio interfaces that we were making at the time, basically sound cards um, and audio and pro audio interfaces. uh, that were being put into large factories for testing audio equipment Mm -hmm. and uh, from that we kind of uh, worked with that company to develop a system designed just for them and uh, that became the first Echo AIO product which is our current product line that we're selling. Mm And it's, uh, I guess, the way to describe it is it's a sound card designed for test and measurement instead of an audio sound card being used for test and measurement uh, that doesn't necessarily have the right inputs and outputs or the right interface capability with the computer. Um, so we're taking that concept and we're turning it into Echo test and measurement hardware. So the audio, the AIO hardware. Um, and uh, it's usable with any software, any test software um, made by anybody that accepts ASIO as a driver, uh, or WASAPI, or Core Audio, which is the Mac interface. Um, so we can speak to everybody, and we make the hardware. We don't make the software, the test software. So that's kind of the overview of the product. Um, and Matt, you have a you have a presentation slide you want yeah, to throw up? Okay. to show people right. a picture.
1: I think I'll I'll add one little anecdote to all that, which is it all sort of came born out of um, misfortune, I suppose. I, I think, and the, the nice version of the story is uh, we we had a FireWire box that we were built, and actually I think that's in the presentation. I wonder if I could jump ahead a little bit here. Yeah, so so um, this is uh, this was the kind of the sound card, one of the flagship products that we had back in the day. This was like two thousand eight, two thousand ten, when people cared about FireWire, mm-hmm. and um, you know when that was a that was a going concern. And uh, so this was a pretty straightforward box: twelve inputs, twelve outputs, um, line level, balanced. Um, You can see the FireWire. It's got MIDI, word clock. You know, it's a pretty typical kind of rack mount Pro Audio interface box. And so we had a big customer that was using a lot of these for end to line production testing. And they started griping. They said, "Hey, they're failing in the field. They're they're having..." And so we said, "You know, ship some of us back, and we got them." And it turned out they were using uh, inexpensive quarter inch, like guitar style cables. And they were breaking them off in the in the jacks here, like they were getting back, and there was like just the tip of the cable was broken off in the jack. And we're like, eh, I, think, I think there's your problem And And um, so we, the thing that was born out of that was this idea. Well, what if we just built you a box that was purpose built for inline production testing? It was built for the factory environment. That you know this is really meant for studios and you know mm-hmm. in your garage and recording your 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 buddy's band and stuff like that. And that was that was the genesis of it all. Um, but, yeah, we can walk through the presentation. Let me, um, let me roll back a little bit here. Um, okay. Yeah, Chris, do you want to walk through this? I think you might be more familiar with this than I am.
2: Yeah, sure. So this is just kind of a quick, I'm going to run through these slides fast. It was a presentation that I did at the Alti uh, the show on okay. sound cards for audio tests. So there's a little bit of history in here. Um, you can go to the next slide. And uh, so some sound card history, some audio test equipment markets, uh, pros and cons about traditional sound cards. And uh, I've already talked about who Echo is and where we came from. Uh, and then we'll look at the Echo test system. So some of these I'm going to blow through pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. So these are the, the founder, Milo Street. He's the guy that dates all the way back into the 70s with the company. Mm-hmm. Um, founded as Street Electronics.
1: And, these uh, are completely contemporary and up-to-date pictures, by the yeah, way. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so this is our uh, our main core uh, core company right now is the three of us um right, go on to the next one um so we we make design and engineer audio test measurement systems um that's that's what we do as a company and uh, primarily the test and measurement hardware at the moment let's go ahead to the next one so there are a bunch of different kinds of audio test equipment out there. There's, there's software analyzers where you need hardware to go with it, just software only. There are audio analyzers, which are combined hardware and software, but they're proprietary, right? They all work as a unit. Um, you can buy audio DACs, which are just the hardware, but you need software to go with it. Um, and usually those software analyzers, and I'll use example like National Instruments, right? They make the software, but they also make DACs to go with it. And you kind of have to work, work the two of them together. They work as a pair. Um, you can't really use their audio DACs with the other software. And then go ahead and hit the button again. There should be a third one here. Sound cards and audio interfaces. So if, you, if you're on a budget, um, you can use a typical sound card. It's just A to D and D to A converters, right? And they're high quality. So you can use sound cards and audio interfaces as the data acquisition side of an audio test setup. You just need to have audio analysis software, test and analysis software to go with it. And there's a lot of you know kind of off the shelf inexpensive software packages you can kludge together. Um, but the idea behind what we're making is to take the inexpensive sound card A to D and D to A converters and expand on that and add the right spigots, the right inputs and outputs for the test and measurement world. Um, People need more than just line outputs. They need amplifier outputs for doing acoustic testing. They need headphone outputs for testing headphones. Um, And they need different kinds of inputs and input levels and uh, they need microphone conditioners for CCP microphones, and they need TEDS readers for TEDS microphones. And these are all things that are kind of indigenous to the test and measurement world, but not necessarily to the audio production world. So a typical sound card doesn't give you all these items, and you need to go out and buy them and include them all together into a system to get it to work so we put it all in one box
0: just out of curiosity i always like to understand the acronym aio is that have something to do with in out based on what you've been just telling us
2: you know I that was- that name has a lot of uh, meanings. So matt matt can give you a little bit more enlightenment on that one
1: you know how dvd was originally digital video disc <laughs> and then it was digital versatile disc and they said ah, it's just dvd we're not gonna it's I- kind of like it, the oh. name has evolved it was originally the all-in-one because um i, okay. I was alluding earlier to the the um the, the the firewire box with the broken jacks in it and as and so uh what what they had in addition to that was they had an external microphone conditioning amplifier i think and then an external amplifier to drive a speaker so they had a bunch of other gear they're hooking up to our box and so we said let's just put it all on one case for you and get rid of the interconnects and we'll take off the power switch and a bunch of other things that are just more points of failure. And so the idea was it was the all in one. You're taking all of that gear and you're putting it in one and that's the AIO. I think it was the acoustic IO at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's just the AIO because then we started adding uh, you know, digital interfaces to it and um, the A didn't just mean acoustic anymore. I guess you could go back. Yeah, so it, it's it's the AIO. Okay, okay, so, thanks. Uh, sorry. So it
2: means whatever you want it to mean. As it became it was an answering.
1: acronym that just became its own thing. All right, all right. carry on. Sorry, Chris. No, so good, on, good. on
2: the box that you see the picture of there, every single connector is a locking connector because the original design was for production test, end of line production test. And even the power connector is a locking mm-hmm. connector. So you can't accidentally pull it out in the middle of a production run on a on a line. So we, we tried to design this purposely as a very simple box that didn't require any user you know, input or output to the box itself. Everything is done in software control and with locking connectors on everything so that it was virtually
1: indestructible yeah. as a setup. It was, it was almost as a process of removing things from the box as it was adding things to it. If you, I'm gonna jump ahead here just a little bit, Chris. And if we go back to this guy, mm-hmm. it's got a power switch, it's got word clock connectors, it's got MIDI, it's got a bunch of LEDs on the front and stuff like that telling you know, what you're sticking to, what your levels are. None of that was important. In fact, those were detriments they needed, And so a big part of the design was actually removing the power switch, removing everything extraneous, everything that could fail that you don't need, and stripping it down for the factory environment. That was a big part of the right. work. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, these next slides that he just kind of breezed through there are really history slides about sound cards. And uh, this was part of the presentation I did at Alti. So mm-hmm. early desktop computers, and we started out, as Matt said, making a, a speech synthesizer for the Apple II computer. Um, What's the
1: one on the lower right corner? lower
2: right it's
0: an ibm i can see that yeah okay, okay. wow
2: original ibm pc oh. um yeah anyway next slide yeah so the apple II, and the thing with the apple II that's made it stand apart and really made it t- take off as a computer was the fact that it had expansion ports in it and so people could make up their own cards and put them in there and you know, and get away with it and add to the functionality of it. And uh, so that really kind of started off the whole sound card idea. Uh, next slide.
1: Oh, you just want to step through? Okay, yeah, yeah, Now this goes back. This, this is going back a minute here.
2: Yeah, so on your left up there, you see uh, <laughs> an Echo speech processor. That is the, the little sound card that went in the Apple II. The original Echo product. It
1: was, it was, it was so successful. We, re, we renamed the company after the product. I think it's,
0: uh, <laughs> it's labeled with an Alberta school logo, which is where I went to high school.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that there right. was, it was a big, it was, yeah, it was, Um. but yeah, this is back in the day. I think this was all hand built, you know, here in California. It was I think there was one that was like a wooden case. It was, it's just, it's like a... You know, practically runs on Steam and needs to be serviced by a qualified blacksmith. I mean, it's really, <laughs> really going back. Well, cool. yep. Okay, next one. Okay.
2: And then, of course, the uh, the PC kind of took over the market because it was even cheaper and had more expansion ports in it. And you could do more with the IBM PC oh. case than you could with the Apple. Um Oops just a little more open. So that led into, go ahead to the next slide, led into modern audio interfaces, which is just taking those sound cards, sticking them in an external box with some input and outputs and controls, and yeah. uh, and then having a connection to the computer. And the connection to the computer is typically USB, you know, or, or fireware in some cases. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yep. but, uh, and, yep. uh, yeah, so, um, Uh, The next slides, I think, are more on the markets and the market segments. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have the DIY market, um, and you can breeze through these pretty fast. Um, Lack of budget, you know, they'd want minimal. um, Sorry. That's all right. There we go. Prefer a minimal solution to fit their exact need rather than a general purpose test box like like an audio analyzer. Um, But they're really keying off of minimal solution and cost. Uh, in the diy market but it's a large market there's a lot of people out there doing testing next one is just the um the software driven market um this is kind of a general overview you have to hit a bunch of buttons here mac because i had it kind of oh, queued up for there you go
1: oh, go back one Sorry, more. it's it's i don't know when it goes to <laughs> the next slide
2: right there okay. stop so uh, this is just talking about audio testing that it's uh, a stimulus and that's usually hardware collected um uh, or hardware generated, some kind of a stimulus. You have acquisition, which is hardware collection. And then you have analysis, which is software. Um, and you can easily kind of separate the two. You can have software only audio analysis testing packages They use just off the shelf hardware. That's the sound card and audio analysis software package idea. Uh, but most of the testing today is really software driven. I mean, if you look at any of the audio analyzers, like Audio Precision and others, their software is just huge, and it does everything. It covers all cases, all use cases, um, and the same with Listen Soundcheck and others that have been in the business for thirty years, and they've been developing their software for thirty plus years, mm-hmm. and it's it does it all really. It's it's software driven as far as the features. You know that that we're used to now in audio analysis. So hardware just kind of comes down to: do you have the right inputs and outputs, you know, to get that data into the computer for the analysis side? Um, So go ahead to the next one. So I uh, I kind of like throwing this slide up. I used to uh, be in the pro audio industry and service large mixing consoles for recording studios, and this was my test kit, the basic test kit. So you had individual pieces of test equipment, you know, d- digital multimeters. You had uh, sine wave generators and a little oscilloscope. And if you're really lucky, you had a distortion meter or something like that to go with it. Um, and now all of that really is encased in, you know, in a little piece of software and uh, an audio interface card, and it does pretty much the same thing. Go, ahead, go to the next one, Matt. Um, so let's talk about cost for a second. Um, audio analyzers, of course, are the, the really expensive software, hardware, everything dedicated, everything proprietary, and the highest cost. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I came from that world before I came to Echo um, at Audio Precision. So large audio analyzers are expensive, and they're really, really good. They're the best equipment, the best hardware, and the best software. Okay, go to the next one. The next one would be a combination of proprietary DACs and some kind of test software. I used the example of National Instruments, but you know pretty much all the big noise and vib- or sound and vibration companies um, have DACs for acquiring audio signals. And then they have their analysis software, which some portion of it is dedicated to doing audio analysis and some portion to vibration analysis. But that, that idea of having proprietary DACs and software would be kind of the next level of expensive audio test equipment. Okay, next, go ahead so on the bottom end you've got the audio sound card and some kind of pc test software Um, and an audio sound card can be fairly inexpensive and you can go out and get shareware for testing uh, or you can get a very inexpensive package for a few hundred dollars and you have a basic setup it's not the best it but it may be good enough for what you're doing so a lot of the uh, the use case drives what kind of equipment you end up getting if you uh, if you need something really inexpensive just for some basic acoustic testing of some cheap speakers you don't have to spend a lot mm-hmm. you can get a basic sound card and you can get some basic software and you can get it done right and a fairly inexpensive microphone um, where we fit in is kind of in between the proprietary DAC world and the audio sound card world we have, way more features than audio sound cards and in a lot of cases we have way more physical features than proprietary decks different kinds of inputs and outputs that they don't have Um, but we still require external pc test software to run the the acquisition and analysis we are making the hardware um, and not the software part of it okay next So some of the pros and cons, and I'll go through these really quick, Uh, the pros of traditional sound cards is they're cheap. They have multi-channel I.O. They they're quality A to D and D to A converters. This is all really good stuff. Uh, They use an ASIO interface, which is nice, because you can get a lot of channels out of it. Okay, next. The cons are they have the wrong connectors for test applications in virtually every case. Uh, they're usually line output only. There's no amp outputs or headphone outputs for monitoring. Okay. There's uh, the input side. Uh, there's no CCP power or TEDS readers for using test microphones. Um, so they, they rely on cheaper mics. Uh, no impedance measurement capability built in. There's no sense resistors built into a, a sound card that allows you to do impedance measurements. Um, go ahead. There's, uh, they're not modular. They're not calibrated. And there's no software control of the hardware from an external program of any sort. So if you buy a a sound card of any sort and you hook it up as a test instrument, um, you're fixed with whatever that sound card's set up. You can go on the front panel, you can make some changes to it, but there is no ability to go in the test software and set up an automated test routine that changes the hardware settings on the fly during a test routine. And that's very often a, a needed case, right? Turning something on and off, or switching to another couple of channels, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that There's no ability on sound cards to do that with external um, control of any sort. We built ours as a test instrument. So we have a command line interface and an API that allows us to be controlled by the test software. Mm-hmm. And that's a real key point. OK, next mm-hmm. one. And then uh, let's see the audio test equipment R and D market um, is is the one that drives the audio analyzers. You can go through this pretty quick, Matt. Just go ahead and um, the scope of it covers all audio products and markets. R and D covers everything, right? You have to design everything, you have to build everything. Um, the R and D side literally is every possible corner case you can imagine. Um, we used to have a joke at AP that no two customers ever used our equipment the same way. It, mm-hmm. It's it's just crazy how many use case scenarios they come up with. But it's really driven by extreme performance uh, and it, the dynamic... Uh, well, extreme performance range. So you have all the way from dynamic microphones all the way up to power amps. So from almost you know a couple microvolts up to three hundred volts, you have to be able to take into an audio analyzer and be able to do something with that. So the ra- the dynamic range of the instrument is phenomenal. Um, but that's the R and D market. Let's move on to the next one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so the production test and verification market is where we firmly live. And that includes QA and QC of, of items that you may be purchasing to go into your system um, or evaluating. Um, so the, uh, go ahead and hit a couple of these, Matt, catch up with me here. So the, the idea is the test equipment needs to verify the minimum performance standards for whatever it is you're testing a golden sample, uh, setting test limits. It, it just needs to verify that it meets the performance standards. Um, the scope covers all electroacoustic components and sub-assemblies. It's cost sensitive at higher throughput and uh, typically cheaper end products um, in the QA, QC verification market. So keep going. Uh, it's repetitive testing. And this is different from the R&D market. The same component or device is tested over and over and over again. So you have to have a sequence, automated sequence of testing that you can run if it's a complicated test and just go over and over. If it's a real sensitive test where you're just putting a tone in and just checking a level, then uh, you don't need a sequencer, of course. But still, it's repetitive testing. And it's time-sensitive testing. The faster the throughput the more money you can make as a company, right? So automation control is pretty critical and it's low test complexity. It's usually simple pass fail for the user interface. It's non-trained operators, right? So the idea behind production test and verification is to quickly test the same products over and over again, get pass-fail criteria on it, maybe some additional information if you really need it, but mostly you're just interested in knowing that you made a product that works to spec and you're putting it out.
0: All right.
2: So speed and cost. Um, You can go ahead and pass this one. Just go to the next one. This is just uh, some more breakdowns of the markets. So let's get to the AIO test system. So here's what we make. It's a two module box. So you can put two different modules in it of different types. We currently make seven different module types. Um, So it's expandable to a point. We can go up to, uh, with our analog input modules, we can go up to eight analog inputs maximum on it. We do have some digital modules and control modules as well for various scenarios. Uh, Go ahead to the next one. So I told you earlier on that we support um, any external third-party software uh, that supports ASIO, WASAPI, or Core Audio. Those are the interfaces for the PC is WASAPI, uh, Core Audio is the Mac, and ASIO is kind of the professional interface that was designed um, just for doing this kind of stuff mm-hmm. for large channel counts. Um, so. The test software that you need to work with something like our hardware um, you can use any of these listed and then there's probably another 20 or 30 that i didn't list these are just kind of the common ones Um, but they all work with either asio driver or wasapi or core audio Mm -hmm. and so they can work with our hardware so we just show up as a usb device on the computer uh, or an ASIO device on the computer, and uh, with the right channels already put in and the channel names on there, and you just route your signals to us and go. It's quite yep. easy. Okay, and, next one. Uh, that's it. So that's kind of the overview of the product and and why we exist from the sound card days up until now.
3: Okay. Yeah i would be curious, wonder if we could tell us a bit more about uh, what's involved in uh, this USB audio stuff. So uh, DAX, ADX, USB interface.
1: Oh, sure. That's pretty, um, yeah, yeah, sure. You um, check that one? Sure, it's, it's I mean, the, the, the fun thing about it is, um, I can probably even do a little show-and-tell here. <laughs> uh, it's just, it really, um, from the computer's point of view, it's just a sound card. So, um, like, I'm on this MacBook here. The Mac has built-in support um, for USB audio too. So that's no problem. And I'm stalling, because I'm looking for the cable. That's got the adapter, there we go. Um, Cause it's a Mac and it's got USB-C. Right. And um, I'm just gonna plug in my Mac. Uh, I've got an AI unit here. I don't know if it'll come up on the camera. It's got the, the blurring. Anyhow, that's. I mean, you guys have seen you guys have seen a USB device get plugged in before? So that's not that exciting. Um, but it really, it's just a USB 2 class compliant device. So the 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 point is, this is boring, but it's supposed to be boring, right? It's supposed to just sort of happen, um, right? Which is that I'm gonna. So if I share, um, if I just go into my devices here on my Mac, you can see. Yeah, I'm just gonna go to allow that, and it's gonna come up. Hopefully, yeah, and there it is. It just came up. So the Mac just thinks it's another sound card mm. on the on the computer, and it, it works the same on the PC. You can plug this into the PC. mean um, you, you can just it'll just come up in the system tray, and you can say, oh yeah, play audio out through that, and that's fine. Or it's got an Azure driver. It, it's it's so it's it's sort of boring. It's it's, it's <laughs> that's sort of the point, right? Is it just sort of works and does its job? You don't have to think about it too much. And um, so yeah, so it works just like if like I have these. Um, you know, I have these USB audio headphones that, I, you know, with a microphone, and you just plug it in and it just works. It's the same thing. It oh, just cool. uses the built in driver on the system, and it's fine. Um, so you mentioned that, uh, especially for the audio
3: stuff, it has uh, constant current uh, supply uh, for those types of microphones. So you have you have another whole front-end section in the design to handle that yeah you
1: know know, where we can kind of talk that you know we i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up the website here just because i think that'll be instructive um for what you're asking about uh so so there's three modules in the device um you know it's just a sort of standard one u rack mount thing we have this bit in our website here that lets you play with the configuration a little bit let me just pull that up so it looks nice okay and um yeah, so this is the thing on the website where you can play with, you can play with a sort of build your own AIO system. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the part I think you're asking about is on the left there, it was like, well, the AIO interface module, again, pretty simple. It's just got the, it's got the microprocessor in it, it's got the USB audio interface, it's got power, and then there's a grounding screw. But that's And then um, as far as what you're asking, like, for example, we put up our A module, we'll, we'll throw that in the center slot there. Mm-hmm. That's got the TEDS microphone inputs, that's got the IEPe. that's got the amplifier outputs. And so that's, that's a discrete uh, module. That um, can be and so you can build different configurations for the system like here, though, will we'll add one here that's got a line line level output. It's got those same IEP inputs on there on the right on the left there, but then it's got the balanced line outputs on the right. So, yeah, yeah. So to your point there, the audio modules that are in the center and the um, right hand slots are separate from the USB interface and then there's a backplane that glues it all together. Oh, interesting.
3: And um, uh... You're talking about uh, configuring it, it over some APIs. Uh, can you set things like uh, input gains on the microphones, things like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. the the microphone gains have uh, three gain stages, 20 dB apart, and uh, you can either do it with, we have a control panel app that's got a you know, GUI that you can click on, or uh, we offer all the same things. It can all be scripted. Um, we have a command line app where you can type in, you know, echo AIO, microphone one, gain equals 10, that kind of thing or uh, and then there's another layer to it where we have a, a shared library where if you want to write your own software it's got a C a c-level interface where you can just call in and you know you can um you can call it from python or you could call it from your own app whatever you want to do so there's there's sort of multiple you know, have the sort of the, the high level control with the graphical user interface the middle level with the command line and then the lowest levels we just give you a straight programming api if you feel like rolling your own software yeah <laughs>
3: And um, uh, amplifier outputs? What kind of power level are we talking about? For ten uh, watts, ten watts. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think yeah. So that's the, a sixty watt power supply on the box total, and so we can do ten watts continuous. I think into eight ohms for each. It was you know it was originally designed for smartphone testing. Um, was you know so you're not you're not looking at a lot of juice for testing something like that. And, no. I, and I think it was just to drive. You know, you, you picture a test chamber with the phone suspended inside it and the speakers around it. Was for driving those speakers. So yeah, yeah. it's not. Um, yeah you're not gonna you know you're not gonna drive your Marshall stack with it or anything like that but um it's gonna it's
3: and so um uh, also for an impedance measurement you mentioned that if you want to measure the impedance oh yeah
1: of- well here we yeah we've uh, got a, a different uh,
3: modules oh, I see okay
1: yeah yeah there we go yeah yeah we originally yeah so um it's it's a typical thing what's the four wire kind of impedance measurement style there you know so you can um you wire up the if I don't know if I don't know if this is a how clearly visible this yeah, is here there, we go. there, we there go. We go yeah so you essentially you just wire up these two terminals to one you wire up these two pins on the connector to one speaker terminal the other two pins on the speaker connector and um I have a diagram that actually probably makes this a little clearer if you just bear with me
3: you' another uh uh adac channel internally that's your sense channel that you can't otherwise connect to
1: oh uh, you're stealing my thunder yeah yeah yeah. you're yeah. absolutely right yeah that's exactly right i mean i'm just being a little slow here echo team folder. yeah that's that's essentially that's you you're exactly right um can you see that graphic there yeah yeah, yeah so you can see there it's got an internal current sensor resistor right here this 0.1 ohm resistor down here and oops and um yeah you can see there the amplifier is driving out we're doing the four wire connection to the speaker and then um there's two I can't the zoom things in the way. You can see there that on inputs three and four in the ADC, one of them is the voltage, one is the current input. So wow. that's, you know, so most software will have a, set, a place where you can say, well, this is my V sense input. This is my, you know, my, my current sensor, but this is my voltage sensing input. And you're just dividing the two and that gives you the impedance directly. Yeah. This is nice because there's no external current sense resistor required. Um, you just wire the speaker up yeah. and you're done. Yep,
3: yeah. And a uh, very small value. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, this isn't you know intended for you know. Uh, it's intended for you know, uh, smartphones and tablets and the like. Sure, sure. High water stuff. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, yeah, and I think yeah, that's that's. It turns out that um, you can do this kind of thing. That we found out later that to Chris's point about how customers never do what you think they're going to do, and we found out that they were also using it to test haptic actuators to pre-qualify those. We didn't know it was that. Like, <laughs>
2: Matt, can you go back to the configurator for a second? And then do the C module on the right. Sure. So we've we've also added some control modules that really don't have any audio in them at all. They're just designed for other control signals that you may need for doing testing. So this one, for instance, has a, a five volt Adjustable power supply uh, that has a current monitor on it, so you can use it for battery simulation. You can set it whatever you want, uh, check the current, and then l- raise it or lower it, you know, to simulate overvoltage or undervoltage conditions of the battery, and see what that does to your debt. Um, it also has GPIO, uh, eight eight channels or eight switches of GPIO in and eight eight outputs. So you can use it to, uh, let's say, trigger light bars or pass-fail indicators in a production Mm -hmm. test environment or trigger other pieces of equipment, um, like opening a chamber so that you can reload it, that type of thing. Um, And then on this one, we also have a PTH sensor, pressure, temperature, and humidity uh, sensor that allows you to get kind of baseline factory um, environmental uh, stats before you make a, a production run which is pretty important with certain kinds of, you know, paper cones on speakers and things like that. They're pretty sensitive to the environment. So there are uh, other modules besides just the audio testing modules uh, that give you the ability to configure a complete system, kind of like you would get if you bought an audio analyzer, Mm -hmm. a full audio analyzer.
0: Yeah, I really like your website, the way people can come in and configure it like that.
1: Yeah, that was fun that was fun to do
0: visual to it
1: yeah well it's you know trying to get across all the various combinations and
2: yeah actually as a uh as a test for what we wanted to do we were looking at one of the guitar websites where you could choose okay. the color of the guitar and have it pop up and <laughs>
1: you <know>. Easy,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah it was great right. so
2: we decided to kind of do that same thing
3: uh, so if you want uh eight channels you put in two four channel modules is that how Correct.
2: Is- yeah go with a two So if you put in two A modules, uh, down below, it says it's an A2 configuration. And it'll actually tell you all the stats about that configuration, how many mic line inputs, how many app outs, and take you to the data sheets and things like that. So we tried to make this kind of an intelligent page. Whatever you configure on the page graphically, it will give you the descriptions
3: um if you started with a module with one uh with a unit with one four channel module later on you uh, plug in another four channel channel module does it enumerate as, as an eight channel usb as opposed to a four yeah
1: yes. you, it does but you may have to be have it recalibrated um, okay but yes yes again
2: yeah the uh, the each one of the boxes uh the brain in the box looks at what modules it has and okay. then he configures it configures that as one USB device.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah and it'll change the channel names and the, uh, the channel counts and all that accordingly. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, all so right. it's pretty dynamic. And uh, then the last thing, if you go back up, Mac, to the picture, hmm. um, we do actually have some digital modules oh, yeah. as well. Um, on okay. the right side, you can change that one to a T-module. And we have a 10-channel TDM module. So now you can get I squared S signals or uh, TDM mm. signals uh, in and out, and uh, connect out to some digital equipment as well. Mm. And the idea with the AIO in general was to keep adding modules as we got more uh, demand for certain use cases. Right. You know, we can pretty much do anything we want with it.
0: Okay hence the mobile phone and audio over ethernet and all kind of the, the markets you discussed earlier as they expanded, you guys expanded with them.
1: Well, we uh, sorry, yeah, I kept reinventing, but it, it, the nice thing, you know, a lot of this was all built on um, the USB audio stuff was actually, we originally built a guitar USB audio interface. And so, you know, it's, we learned how to do that. Cool. Okay. All
0: right. Okay, Any, anything that uh, you guys at Echo want to add before we wrap this up?
2: Yeah, anything? I think I
1: think this is <laughs> it's cool. just good to be here. It's just it's, good, it's a pleasure. good place to start. It's
0: a good. We were just really.
1: Oh, well, I think we were just very thorough. It's it's been a yeah. It's always it's always kind of fun to go back through memory lane. But yeah, I think we just yeah we covered everything.
0: Simon, any 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 more tough questions to wrap it up?
3: <laughs> Nothing more
0: for right, me.
1: Let us have it. Go on. Come on. Enough with the softballs.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Okay.
0: All right. So uh, yeah, let's see here. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, thanks guys for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, Thank you very much. Put some information down below for everybody if they, the link to the website, all that good stuff. And uh, like, subscribe, share this around. This is a very technical podcast. Um, We don't get a lot of views, but I can tell you that people, you guys won't believe it joining us today, but they watch most of it, the people who do log in.
1: As long as they're the right views.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's exactly right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you all next week. See you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.